Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm thrilled to introduce our next speaker, interlude speaker. (laughs) This person was a 2021 Community Industry Awards winner for our independent community category and came back to us this year as a judge on our judging panel, helping us with the user group program of the year category. Please join me in welcoming Finn Pumofu, who I think I say your last name wrong every time I say it. (laughs) I think I'll be super impressed if uh, anyone managed to get it right first time round. But Beth, thank you so much for having me. Well, Finn, I would love to just dive right in. Can you describe what Startup Grind is and what you do in your role? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, morning, afternoon, and good evening, everyone, wherever you are in the world. And many congratulations to all the nominations for this year's CMX Community Industry Awards. Uh, So Startup Grind is the world's largest startup community. We have over 600 chapters in 125 countries worldwide. And I have the great pleasure of leading our community and partner success teams. So we have uh, these 600 chapters globally worldwide, which are run by actually well over a thousand volunteers, chapter directors and co-directors. So I oversee a team of five community managers that helps manage our community. That's a lot of people. Um, I don't know if I realize that that's you have over a thousand leaders. I knew the six hundred chapters. That's like your claim to fame number, but like didn't know it was over a thousand volunteers. Yeah, I mean, if you think typically every chapter has a co-director, and then some chapters have teams, and we have our Beijing chapter has like fifty people on their team. So when you sort of tally all those numbers up, it, it's a lot of people to like help and support and, and oversee. That's amazing. Well, and Startup Grind is going on 12 years, I think, this year. I would love to hear, obviously not like a full decade's worth, but how has the program changed? I mean, like launched 12 years ago, all the way to now, you've gone through so much. Oh, yeah. And and I joined Startup Grind when they were four years old. So I've been with Startup Grind eight years. Uh, so I joined in 2014. I was chapter number 50. <laughs> magic number 50 actually i always remember that because bevy shows us (laughs) and i joined as a volunteer chapter director leading the edinburgh chapter and it was fascinating that i think at our core we have a hundred percent remain the same which is educating inspiring and connecting the world's entrepreneurs we've definitely i think added as any organization would do some programs and opportunities that can literally aid us in that mission of uh, build, helping and supporting startups to build, grow, and scale their uh, startups. So we have things like the Startup Program, which is led by my colleague, uh, Alex Gordon First, who have done a really incredible job in really supporting you know startup companies across the different life scales that they ultimately have. And then, you know, the beauty with being 12 years old, and Derek always shares this, who's the co-founder, uh, founder and CEO of Startup Grind, that the beauty of being in the startup world is you kind of have your finger on the pulse, as it were. So you're able to start kind of seeing the different trends as they develop. And of course, over the last 12 years, in the last few years in particular, you started seeing a lot of conversations around Web3 and what that will mean for 
really the future of everything, right? And if you think of, I always say that if Web1 was really focused on the founders and sort of building the, the different products and, and Web2 was focused on, you know, the VCs and the influencers and on social, Web3 is really going to focus on the users and how to kind of really support them. And at the foundation of all of that, of course, is, is community. So we are making both a strategic and, and a conscious decision to focus and discuss all things Web3 as we move on to what will hopefully be the next 12 years of Startup Grind. I'm happy that you shared that because I think it's really helpful for those community professionals who are in the early days of their program or haven't are still just dreaming about what it will look like when they launch. It's helpful to hear just how much changes and how you really have to adapt and ebb and flow with changes of your community members because it can be really overwhelming to hear that you have over a thousand volunteers <laughs> and think, how will I ever get to that point? It is. I think the one thing I've come to realize, right, is when you look at businesses as a whole, right? So not let's just park community as a side, but look at businesses. And at a fundamental level, of course, a business is supposed to build a product or a service that they sell to customers and clients. And in order to manage those customers or clients, you know, typically most businesses have CRMs, right? A customer relationship management system or a client relationship management system. But I've come to realize that almost like the C in CRM actually really stands for community, right? So community relationship management. And when you look at the roles of community managers, actually the key thing that they had to do if you had to insert it between community and management or manager and you added relationship to it and underline that piece, it would ultimately really show what community managers need to do that. You ultimately kind of need, you know, build relationships person by person, city by city, product by product, node by node, wherever you are in the world to get to that stage. And for some, I don't think whilst, yes, having, you know, a thousand community ambassadors or volunteers or champions or whatever you call kind of like your community advocates is great. It, it's not necessarily required for every single community and organization that's out there. For some, you maybe only really need a community of 50 really true champions that can kind of push your product service, your community organization ahead. And that's what's essentially important. So I always say don't necessarily kind of focus on the numbers, but focus on the relationships that you can build as you go about doing community management. Well, and I mean, when you do get to numbers, even small numbers, when we're talking about a global community or an international community, I mean, Startup Grind has over 600 chapters around the world. How do you share Startup Grind with the world while keeping the brand and message consistent? Great question. You know, I would almost say that's probably one of the biggest challenges you face simply because you have to factor in like sort of cultures and, you know, language and like all these other considerations that you have to do. But this is where I think, you know, David actually talks about this, but where you talk about community operations, right? And I almost, that's the other piece I think that sometimes people forget about, that you do literally have to have community operations and really sound systems and processes that will allow you to kind of do community management at scale. I was very fortunate when I took over leading the community team, but my sort of predecessor, and who many of you probably know and, and love, and I, I love him dearly, G. DeSmith, who now obviously works for Bevy, he was, G is such a systems guy 
right? So he really built these systems and processes that allowed us to ultimately kind of manage community at, at scale. Uh, and I'd almost say kind of like that's one of the fundamental things to ensure that you can keep a consistent brand experience by doing even simple things like standardizing your art assets, making sure that they're easily accessible. You know, now I know some of the tools we need do do lang- uh, localization, essentially it's called. So translating some of the language aspects at a local level. So little things like that can, that can kind of standardize the operation across the board definitely helps when you're trying to do things at scale. I think it would be very difficult for us to say, oh yeah, we're pulling events from, uh, pulling data and stats from 200 plus events using a Google spreadsheet and all these details. That would be super cumbersome for any community manager to do. And then as a business leader, you almost lose the, the, the metrics. But for us, then having a standardized way to do it, like the chapter dashboards that every chapter essentially uses to publish their events creates a consistent experience the world over. I've always kind of say that Attending a startup grind event should feel like going to a McDonald's. I'm not advocating for McDonald's, just saying it out there, but <laughs> you definitely want to kind of, you know, a Big Mac should be a Big Mac. Yes, it might be called a La Mac or wherever you go to, but when you go to a startup grind event, you know, it should be welcoming. It should be comforting that the host, the chapter director should kind of all really treat you well. So you can have like a consistent experience, uh, the, any startup grind event you, you attend. And that applies to our brand as well. You know, I actually really appreciate that you brought up McDonald's because when you talk about that, like globalization, we often talk about glocalization, where you have this brand and this, you know, the feeling that your brand brings that, you know, the values that Startup Grind has that are across the board, but you have that local flair. So, you know, in New Zealand, you can get a sheep or lamb burger. And in India, you can get curry at McDonald's. So like, you still get a Big Mac, but like, you can also get these little local flares, which I feel like is exactly that startup grind kind of localization you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay, well, we've got time for one more question. And this is one that I ask everybody, who is a community builder you would love to grab lunch with? Ooh, I mean, you know, there are a lot of amazing community builders out there, including yourself, David, Derek, some incredible, incredible people out there. And I'll definitely love to have lunch with you all. But I think without a shadow of a doubt, one person that I would absolutely love to grab lunch with is Barack Obama. Now, whilst some people would say, Hang on, Finn, that's a little bit unfair. He's a president. You know? But actually, if you look back at the history of Barack Obama, he was a massive community builder. And we really focused on kind of, you know, going door to door and building like uh, advocacy amongst individuals and ultimately building those relationships. So going back to that sort of community relationship management, Barack Obama did that very, very well. And I would absolutely love to grab lunch with him as the community manager who I think has done incredible things. And I would definitely pick up the tab. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing, Finn. And thank you for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to hear from you. Hey, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.